Welcome to Up Close and Empowered with host Sana Johns. Over the next hour, you'll hear from Sana and her guests on how you can become more empowered through life's most challenging situations. Sana's journey through her own transformation has inspired her to awaken you to your divine power. Hi, everyone. I'm Sana Johns with Up Close and Empowered. And my intention today here is to awaken you to your true power and inspire you to lead a more empowered life. So thank you so much for being here and being on my very first show and taking time out to listen you know, during your busy day. So I wanted to begin by saying why I decided to do this show, because I have had this in my head for a long time. I wanted to have an authentic platform to share knowledge and wisdom that has not only helped me on my journey, my healing journey, but also the guests that you'll be hearing from as well. So today we are gonna be talking about empowerment and empowerment can be many different things, but to me, and I'm going to set the precedence right now with all of my shows moving forward, this is the empowerment that starts within. So when I think about empowerment, it's all about our inner world because ultimately it creates our outer world. And it's about building a relationship to self and being conscious and confident about our ability to listen and be self-aware of our body, what it's saying, our mind, our intuition, and our spirit, and seeing all the difficulties that we endure, the pain, the trauma, the heartbreak, the disappointments, the rejection, and you know the list goes on, of course. But they're all opportunities to learn valuable life lessons and to grow and to look at it from a perspective of life is not happening to us, but rather for us. Empowerment to me at its core is really connecting to your authenticity or the true nature of who you are. And it's taking the lead in your life and becoming your highest self or a higher version of yourself. Now, I'm going to stop right here because I want to make sure that everybody understands that when I reference highest self or become your highest self, live your best life, this is all relative because my highest self may not be your highest self. Somebody else's success may not be somebody may not be your success. So everybody has what's ever authentic to them. And it's really what's ever true to you. But the point is, is that we're all learning and growing. We're all on our own time frame, and we're learning the lessons as we go on in our path in life. So how did my journey begin? I wanted to tell you just a little bit about me before we really get started today. I'm super excited. I have a great guest here and I'll be sharing that in a minute, but so what got me here today? So over the years, I have gone off path more than a few times. And, you know, uh, it's, you know how it is. You, you make the, you, make, you have the lessons, you make the mistakes, and then, you know, you don't really realize it at the time until you get a bit, you know, a bit older and wiser. But, you know, at the time, like people throughout my life thought my life was perfect. You know, they'd look at the external and they'd say, oh, you know, she's, you know, I'm not saying everybody, but there were people that thought my life was perfect. And the reality is, is that we are all fighting our own private battles. And I'm sure that most of you listening out there would agree. Everybody has something like we all have unhealthy things that were, you know, patterns we were involved in or relationships. And that's really where I fall into. It wasn't just the unhealthy patterns throughout my life. But it was also the continual people-pleasing, you know, self-betrayal, and definitely minimizing myself to please others. 
And this really wasn't me because I kind of know my power, but I made myself small so that other, other people would accept me. And when we do this, we only limit ourselves. And what happens is you become more and more disconnected. And that's what happened. I became more and more and more disconnected to myself and from my soul. And then one day, a lot of things were kind of adding up and I knew that something had to change. And it did. <laughs> I did a, a complete 180 and I made a commitment to regain my power and get healthy. And that meant healthy mentally emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And I will admit that it took me a long time to figure it out. Uh, after a lot of pain and regret and beating myself up, uh, I finally got it. I finally, finally got it. And sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. <laughs> um, I realized that that I realized that these were just tough lessons that I had to learn. And I learned this as I got older and wiser, that this was just part of my path. It was part of my life lesson. Because one of the things that I really learned is that our soul knows when we're ready to go to the next level. It knows when we're ready to learn more. And in some cases, move on from a certain situation. And is it scary? Yeah. I mean, it's it's really scary because you have to be really courageous and courage is about being scared to death, but stepping into the unknown anyway and doing it anyway. And it's really tough because so many of us are used to the familiar. So it's got to get to a point where you really know that you have to make a change. And I could feel it. I could, I could sense it. It's just that I didn't listen to my intuition. The signs were always there throughout my life. I mean, this isn't just recent. This is throughout my life. I look back and I think of the times where that was a sign. That was a sign. That person was a sign for me. And I didn't listen. And so through all of this, it taught me my biggest life lesson. And that is self-love. Um, so giving up was not an option for me, and nor was it an option for any of the guests that you'll be hearing from on my shows. I will say that I could not have done it without the help of certain people that were put on my path, and some of them are listening right now. And uh, I, I will say that I would not be here sitting right now talking to all of you had I not had certain people appear on my path and help me and guide me and encourage me and believe in me. So I am truly grateful beyond words. And I don't know, you ever get so grateful that you can cry? And I'm not a crier. Most people that know me, I am not a crier. And listen, crying is really good because it's a great release. It's a great way to heal. But I don't really cry that much. But I do cry when I think of all the people that have helped me and how hard the journey was. So I am just so grateful to be here today. So with that, we are going to talk to someone who has helped me uh, again through one of my most difficult times, specifically when I needed to set boundaries. It was really hard for me. I was in a very tough situation and she appeared, met her through a friend, was inquiring with her about somebody else in my family, and we just connected. And then that was it. And she has taught me so much. We have learned from each other, but I will tell you, she is amazing when it comes to boundaries. 
She's going to be talking today about the importance of setting boundaries and how it is one of the major pillars of self-love and personal empowerment. And I thought that this would be the perfect topic to kick off the series because let's face it, most of us probably could step up our boundary practice a bit, right? So she's going to be talking about the importance and then also telling her story. And she is one of the most genuine people that I know. She's beautiful on the inside and out. She's a colleague. She's a friend. And in my opinion, she is really an excellent, um, genuine, genuine person and coach. Her name is Robin Breckenridge. She is a life and relationship coach with a passion for empowering individuals to enhance their personal and professional relationships. Her background in behavioral education and close to 10 years of coaching has allowed her to help hundreds. Let me tell you, it's thousands. It, no way it's in the hundreds. She's helped thousands of people heal from past traumas and break unhealthy patterns. Robin has a practical yet very empathic style, but she can be firm, drawing from her own personal experience and knowledge to guide her clients. She's helped people from all walks of life, transform their relationships, and lead a more empowered, fulfilled life. Please welcome Robin Breckenwich to the show. Thank you for being here, Robin. Thank you for having me. And can we get like a collective amen for that <laughs> intro? Because woo, about it. It, had to be, it had to be in my heart. It had to be in my heart, you know. <laughs> what a beautiful way to allow me to be in my heart for this segment. So thank you for that. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. This is really special for you to be here on my first show because I know uh, your values and your priorities. I know your work and I, I know you as a person and I'm just really honored to have you here today. And what I'd like to start off with is just you telling telling us whatever you want us to know about yourself. Maybe, you know, how you began, why you're here right now or how you got to where you are right now, whatever you would like to share. Sure. Well, I know we have limited time, so I'll, I'll kind of keep mm -hmm. it brief as possible. But I, I think where I'll start is that you know, even though I teach this and I've been doing it for a long time, I'm a student as well. So whenever I teach boundaries, I always let people know I I don't teach boundaries or I'm not considered an expert in boundaries because it's easy or I'm good at it. It's been extremely hard. In fact, at one point in my life, I was horrific at it and I had to work so hard at it that I acquired the skill set. So I just want to say that first and foremost, that like this is a lifelong practice, but where, where my journey started, um, you know, I can go all the way back to acknowledging a hurt little girl in me that I've been carrying for most of my life that really didn't know how to protect and honor myself in my relationships. Um, in my journey, I found myself in an abusive relationship in my early 20s. Uh, I had unhealthy relationships or unhealthy dynamics in my relationships in my family and work situations and friendships, which I think is true for most people because relationships mm -hmm. can be challenging and we're bringing a lot of our wounding and our patterns. And um, basically I just kind of got to a sink or swim moment in my life where I, I just went, I can't continue on the way that I am, which was really the way that I was relating to myself. Like I did not know how to get my needs met and how, how to honor myself in relationships. And I was outsourcing it through people that weren't able to validate that. And I wasn't able to practice healthy relating with them. And so I finally just kind of hit this place where it was like, all right, I can't continue this way. And I think the universe lovingly 
nudged me into shifting my patterns and approaching life and my relationship with myself and others in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so through that journey, I was able to uh, find tools and processes and things that helped. And then really it shifted the trajectory of my life. And now I get to share that with others every single day. And I feel beyond blessed that I, through my own awakening, was able to hold a space for others to wake up to. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I'm curious about what, like what time in your life you, that you pivoted, that you actually like, you know, woke up and said no more, like about what was the pivotal moment and about how old roughly were you? Roughly. I was like in my early thirties. Um, I had, you know, I've always been someone who's fascinated by this type of work. So I, I joke that I read every self-help book and went to every, you can heal your life weekend. Unfortunately, I would come back to the same patterns and responses and reactions. Um, what, what ended up happening was kind of a perfect storm. I had a few relationships, uh, no longer enable me, uh, kind of blow up in my face. And it culminated to this place where, uh, I knew that I could not continue on, uh, the way that I was. And so thankfully, which is something I would drive home today and anything that we talk about, like, this is not something you can do alone. Mm-mm. We, we no need way. someone who we need good, healthy support. And I, I was able to find that. And I was able to find the right support, uh, therapeutically that, that, pointed me more towards shifting my behavior and a little bit less on the origin, which I'm not putting that down in any way. But at that particular time in my life, I kind of knew the origin of where Mm -hmm. my challenges were coming from or my patterns, but I did not know how to shift them behaviorally. Mm -hmm. And coming across that information absolutely changed my life. And how has it changed your life? Like, was it, was it, did you see the results right away? Or were you starting? I mean, I guess, because I feel like setting boundaries is so important in empowerment, like really feeling good. It's, it's self-love, it's feeling confident. It's getting your confidence to really do what's right for you. Right. So were you feeling that as you initially stepped in, do you, I want people to know, like if they start to begin really taking care of themselves and getting into self-love practices and really setting boundaries, are they going to start to feel a difference? I, I think so. I think if if you're getting the right support in the right direction, absolutely. I do think we have to highlight that the first step in change is awareness. So a lot of times, mm-hmm. even boundary work, you know, you kind of have to look around your life and and let those things come to the surface and see them or see where these behaviors are in your life and then implement the change. Uh, but absolutely, I mean, specifically speaking, boundary work changed my life. It's Mm -hmm. one of the biggest contributors to the amount of peace, self-love and empowerment that I have on board currently. And I do think it's, it's easily one of the best ways to shift into your power and stay in your own personal power. Right. And can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Because you say it gives you the inner peace. It also allows you to stay grounded in self-awareness. So talk about that a little bit more so that people understand how that really works in our body. Sure. I mean, I think that our number one responsibility in life is to keep ourselves emotionally safe. If we can keep ourselves emotionally safe, the rest of the things in our life will will clean and clear up. Um, I, I personally think that boundaries kind of fall into three different buckets. Like one, they uh, are parameters. It says, hey, this is where I end and you begin. 
right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other is it adjusts access to you, which when we're not connected with our worth and our power, we tend to give a lot of access to ourselves, to our feelings, to our information. And then it also allows you to set limits. And that's why doing, you know, having someone to help you through this work is really important because sometimes we're not even aware of our limits. Mm-hmm. I, I call limits sometimes our emotional allergies. Like we all have emotional and relational limits when you know them like, oh, I'm allergic to judgment. I'm allergic to unavailability. Right. Then when it's presented to you, when we know, oh, I need a limit here. So knowing those things that one, where you end and someone begins that you are able to set limits in your life, even if someone has given to you or you love them very deeply or, you know, whatever the the case is. And then also knowing that you have the ability to, to adjust the access that people have to you. Right. And that's where the empowerment comes in too. You're becoming aware and you can like turn that level up or turn that level down. You know where to, you just know what to do. Absolutely. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, being victimized by people, I'm not trying to ever say that people aren't genuinely victimized, but when you stay in the energy of being a victim, you Mm -hmm. suffer. I I know this for a fact from my own life and from working with so many people. So whenever that is presented to us, we have the ability to shift back into our power. And I guarantee you that probably 90% of the time, if not more, a boundary is a great place to start with that. Mm, I, I agree with you. Definitely. That's a, that's a really strong point for sure. There's something that they are not addressing. Yeah. And you brought up something great, Sana, about your nervous system. So I think it'd be great for us to talk about like that connection to your body and and the Mm -hmm. messages that your body is sending. And I, I give an analogy to people that if, if we lived in a house that we couldn't leave, right. And there was an alarm or alarms going off all the time. If we can't leave, we're going to eventually tune them out, right. We're going to adjust to them. We're not even going to know they're going off. That's kind of what happens with trauma or things Mm -hmm. that impact our body and our nervous system is that we got so used to it, we don't hear it anymore. So typically when people come to see me, I go, hey, Sana, there's an alarm going off, right? Right, right. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that, right? And then throughout the work, we go, hey, well, which alarm? And what is that alarm communicating, right? Is it the fire alarm? Is it the carbon monoxide alarm? Well, very much in our nervous systems, feelings are just alarms. Right, right. System going, hey, there's a need here. If we mm-hmm. don't have an emotionally attuned part of us on, we miss that. We just get right. out of the feeling because it doesn't feel good. Right. And, and hence the reason why people stay in unhealthy situations sometimes because it becomes familiar or it's just, you know, it just, they don't listen to the alarms and they think it's the way it's supposed to be, or maybe it's too much of a fear to get out of it. So it's the same kind of thing. Absolutely. And so one feeling that we can identify here in our conversation is anger. Okay. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, especially if we're spiritual, it's like, we don't want to be an angry person. And if you have any trauma around angry, we don't want to be an angry person. Well, anger is one of your best friends. If you know how to listen to it. Okay. Cause it is telling you a boundary has been crossed. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a signal. It's a sign, right? It's a sign. Now it's not a sign that we react and respond from it because odds are we're going to react and respond from a place that maybe isn't aligned in our integrity, or we might come through with an energy of anger and somebody might need to defend themselves against that, but it is the alarm to get curious 
Mm-hmm. I'm angry. I'm feeling resentful because resentment is a really great indicator that you need a boundary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You get curious. So- there be a boundary violation going on. So what would somebody do if they start to feel that resentment build up or that anger? What could somebody do that's listening out there that might be going through something similar? What's the first thing they can do? You said to get curious. What else can they do to get into that mode? Yeah, I think that uh, getting curious as to where could there be a a boundary violation, okay? And then Mm -hmm. getting really clear on what is that boundary violation. Wow, I didn't ask for that feedback and now I'm feeling judged. So then we go, all right, can I communicate that boundary? And sometimes the communication is with ourself. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of times the boundaries are internal because sometimes we have people in our life that don't have the consciousness or awareness to receive that invitation for a boundary. Hey, I'm going to ask you not to give me unsolicited advice. That's ideal. If you can do that with someone, great, Mm -hmm. communicate it. You know what? I felt a little judged in that conversation and I'm not really looking for unsolicited advice. In the future, it would be helpful if you just listened, if you just held space. But if you right. know, because to me, trust, the definition mm-hmm. of that is data over time. Right. Collecting right. data. So if you have data that someone can't receive that, or it's going to go right over their head, or they're going to spin it around and throw it right back at you, then the boundary becomes internal. When I'm around this particular person, I will not share anything that I don't want to be judged on or receive receive unsolicited advice. Right. Yeah. It's very important to establish who you trust. I remember, I know that that's a big part of your, of what you do at the trust level. But when we worked together, I remember that when we were going through the boundaries and I was having a really hard time because I was being pressured. uh, And obviously, you know, I'm some of us are too nice and we have a hard time setting those boundaries, right? I'm sure some of you can agree, but I think that you had said, you know, how does your body feel right then and there? You know, cause I feel it physically, right? Not everybody does, but they'll either get a signal intuitively or physically. And I would feel it. And you said that you have to do whatever keeps your nervous system calm, like whatever protects you. And then you decide you decide if you make that, if you step out and you, you know, you do talk or you do this, or you accept something that you know what that's going to mean. And how are you going to feel after you do that? So that really helped me because it took me a while. As you know, I really, I mean, this, like you said earlier, this is not, this is not something you learn overnight, but it's a practice that you, and I know you talk about your boundary practice, which We'll talk about that in a minute, but, you know, it's a practice of having it be conscious every day throughout our lives and being very aware. So like self-awareness, and I'm sure you would agree, Robin, right? That self-awareness is the key to everything, personal growth, connection, connection to self, everything. So I think that that's what really helped me is I really stopped and I thought, how do I feel? And do I want to move forward in this? Is this really healthy for me? And at the time it wasn't healthy for me, a lot of it. And now like there's certain things that don't bother me. So as we heal, and I think you told me that over time you get to build up your resistance. And then you also know when you can feel safe to, you know, speak out to somebody or talk to somebody or whatever it may be. It takes time. Well, I think what you're, talking about too, is getting to know yourself on a deeper level. Um, I think that really in order to trust other people, we have to learn how to trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. Boundaries yes. is a great practice, a great consistent practice to say, Hey, I show up for myself when I need me. Right. 
Right. And so some things that you might want to look out for as far as like feelings in your body is, are you feeling anxious around somebody? Right. And I know that people listening, I know because I talk to people all the time that get the anxiousness. So what, what can you tell us about that? People that do, uh, you know, have that anxiety or they get that anxious feeling. What are some of the best things that you could, you know, help them with? Uh, well, number one, pause. <laughs> there, mm-hmm. There's no greater intervention known mm-hmm. to than a pause. Uh, pause, breathe, take a deep breath. Uh, you know, scan the room. What, 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 what feels safe? What doesn't feel safe? Disclose less. Oh my OMG. Listen, it does not hurt you to disclose less, to pause, to wait, to disclose something to someone, to ask for more time to process. You know, I have a a very silly tactic for that or tool, which is just gently biting your tongue in your mouth. Like if it's somewhere Mm -hmm. that you typically over disclose or you kind of allow your anxiousness to um, allow you to impulsively react, because really what anxiousness does is it, it, it feels things first. Like if we're, if we run a little more anxiously, we feel something and it feels uncomfortable. So we'll get right into our action Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to manage the feeling. And the last thing we do is think. So logic is the last thing on board. That's why I've done it to myself. I've had clients go, why did I say that? Why did I do that? And I'll say, because logic wasn't a part of your process. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, no, I think this is all really helpful information. And as far as your boundary practice that, because I've heard you say that in workshops that you've done, that you have a boundary practice that you have, and is it just being more aware every day and consciously being aware of certain situations? Or do you have a specific practice that you can talk about? I wouldn't say it's like a specific practice. I mean, I think I have to be aware that I have to slow down in my own life to be aware, mm-hmm. to set self-awareness yes, of that's what, a good point. what I'm even feeling in my body. Um, but the system that I teach my clients is, is a practice that I use every day, which just allows you to kind of put people into categories. And then it dictates really how you show up and what kind of the principles are to keep you safe. And then I know we're probably approaching a break here, but something that we might want to pick up on after is um, managing guilt. Cause that was a huge part of my boundary practice, mm. how to manage that feeling. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. The guilt, the people that get caught up in people pleasing and feeling guilty about it, or if they want to do something for themselves and uh, feeling that obligation or that fear in many cases, cases, right? So um, we will talk more about that. And maybe you can give us a couple of examples of, you know, setting boundaries in a situation where, you know, I know there's a lot of people that struggle with family members, friends sometime, of course, and in personal relationships, but, you know, what are some of the things, the boundaries that they can have before they have to go to like a family function and see somebody, you know, this comes up a lot, you know, people have to see people. I've seen people seeing their exes, people seeing their family members, uh, and it could be coworkers too, but you know, it's a little bit closer to home when it's family, right? So, um, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that. And I know we're going to be coming up on a break here for a minute, but real quick, before they cut to the break, I do want to know, how would you say that this has impacted your life, Robin? Uh, I don't even know that there's words to describe it. I'm not the same person anymore. Uh, it, it impacted my anxiety, my depression. Um, I feel like energetically I vibe at a, a way higher vibration and life is a lot more 
enjoyable and intentional versus haphazard. So, I mean, definitely, um, you know, I, I love everything I teach, but this one specifically, it's universal. I mean, I think we're collectively shifting out of a lot of codependent dynamics. Right, and, right. And everybody could really use a little brush up on healthy boundary work. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's all about, uh, you know, doing things for yourself, self-care, boundaries, self-love, all of that. I did want to put out there, I wasn't sure if I was going to take any call-ins for the show, but I'm going to try it. I know I'm getting really gutsy here and trying this for my first show, but I am going to say if somebody has a question after the break and they would like to call in, the number is 888-346-9141. If you have a question regarding boundaries and we'll try to answer that for you, this could be kind of fun, right? So- Weren't we just talking about how passionate people, we're just so passionate. We got, we're just going to roll. We're so passionate. We're just talking and, uh, you know, but I know that people, this is a really important thing. This is the first thing that I talk about when I coach my clients too, is just setting those boundaries. And a lot of the boundaries are with text, like when to answer, when not to, you know, if they're in a work atmosphere, when to email, when not to, you know, to, to think first or pause first before reacting, right? Responding instead of reacting and thinking through, okay, do I need to answer this right now? And sometimes when people are going back and forth personally, and they're in maybe somewhat of an argument or something like that, wait, pause, you know, take your time responding, right? Absolutely. I think that nothing is urgent unless you're on fire. That's a good one. That's a good so one. Everything. It's okay to pause. It's okay to, you know, check in and yeah. Yeah. Different. That's if anybody can take anything from this conversation, do it differently than you normally do. See what happens. Right. Right. And I know that you talked about uh, earlier internal boundaries versus external or invitational boundaries, right? That's what you, that's yeah. what you, how you describe them. So the internal is what, so that we can just explain that yeah. to the listeners. An internal boundary is you, you know, understanding a boundary with yourself that, uh, that you, it's not, if you don't want someone to continue to call you or be in relationship with you, that it's not, I, they better stop calling me. It's, I won't answer that call or mm -hmm. I won't engage with that person. So it's holding right. you accountable to what you know you need to, in order to feel safe. Right. Okay. All right. So I think we are going to go to a break right now and like I mentioned, if somebody wants to call in and ask a question, the number is 888-346-9141 here on Up Close and Empowered. And we will be back right after the break. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Did you know you have the power to overcome any obstacles and create the life you desire? Listen for Up Close and Empowered with host Sana Johns. Sana has proven with nearly three decades of experience, it is totally possible to become stronger, more confident, and empowered to live a life of love, fulfillment, and success. It's through Sana's personal transformation that has inspired her to awaken you to your divine power. Up Close and Empowered with Sana Johns, Thursdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. On Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Welcome back to Up Close and Empowered with Sana Johns. Have a question for Sana or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back from the break. We're talking with Robin Breckenridge, a life and relationship coach here on Up Close and Empowered. My name is Sana Johns, and we are going to take a first call. And we are going to be hearing from Ron from Ontario, Canada. Ron, how are you today? Oh, I'm very good, Sana. Thank you. Great. Well, we're real curious as to what your question would be. What can you, uh, this is our first question, our first caller of the show, which is kind of special. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I was listening there and um, I like what Robin said about uh, um, you know, if someone gives you un, un, unsolicited advice and, um, basically I'm interested in knowing how to set that boundary. Um, basically I have someone in my life that's my older brother and, um, my mom just passed away and she left us some money and from nowhere he said, when that money comes, you should really, really think about putting that into your retirement fund. <laughs> and I thought it was none of his business, but I didn't say anything, but, um, I'm the youngest in my family, and this seems to be a pattern with, with my family, with me, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. So I'm just wondering how I can set better boundaries with them and maybe learn how to stick up for myself better. Yeah, a great question. And Ron, uh, my mom is from Ontario, Canada, and uh, I'm actually in the process of getting my Canadian citizenship right now. So. Oh, that's amazing. Nice. Love me a Canadian. Well, welcome um, to Canada. <laughs> So uh, let me answer your question. And, you know, all of these questions are individualized and complex. So I'm going to give you a generalized answer and you are welcome to reach out to me via Instagram or G uh, the email if you want any further help with this. But um, unsolicited advice is no fun, you know, and I think that the best way we can do it, because we don't necessarily want to create more conflict when we're asserting a boundary is to just let someone know what's helpful. So in the future, if that topic gets brought up, you can just say, hey, you know what would be helpful um, is if you could just hold the space to listen, or actually I'm, I'm not really looking for unsolicited advice or direction in what to do. 
Um, one thing that I've practiced in my life, and this might apply for you, Ron, is a lot of times people that love us project their fear onto us because we all have a very mm -hmm. hard time watching people we love be uncomfortable or misuse their money or something like that. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes I've said to people, you know, I, I, I'd prefer your faith, not your fear. Okay. Like, you know, like believe in me, believe that, like, I know what I'm going to do with this mm -hmm. and that whatever happens with it, I'm going to learn the appropriate lesson, but like, I'm not really open to you projecting your fear onto me. Okay. Mm -hmm. That that's one, one thing, but, but I think with your brother, it might just be, even if you want to get ahead of it, like, you know, I, I had some time to think about it and I know that you um, brought up this, you know, what your opinion about what I should do with this money that, that I was left. And I, I really just love your support. I'm actually not looking for direction on that, but I, I appreciate mm -hmm. your concern for your care. Okay. Great. Great. How does that sound, Ron? Yeah. Does that, does that help? No, it sounds, it sounds really good. Like, Obviously, they're concerned about me, and it probably comes from a, a place of, you know, it, it just it's the way they do it's very, I guess, degrading. <laughs> but yeah. it probably comes from a place of, you know, concern, like, and and that's understandable. So yeah, I think that answered my question pretty good. And I'm just gonna keep, um, you know, trying to stick up for myself. And like Robin had said earlier, you know, just keep showing up for myself every day, and and like maybe like a muscle, I'll just keep practicing that. And you know, Ron, I'd even just relanguage sticking up for yourself to advocating for yourself because sometimes we think we, we're doing it wrong if we're not like sticking up for ourselves and fighting back. And I think then all you're doing is engaging mm -hmm. in the power dynamic because you're feeling in the yeah. one down position with their advice, you know? So if you just realize that like, this is not helpful and I'm going to go about the most kind and, and integral way of communicating that, then we're teaching them how to treat you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Great. That sounds great. Well, thank you, Ron. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Thank okay. you very much. You both have a great day. You too. You too. Thanks. Okay. So I think we're good. So Robin, let's circle back to the guilt, obligation, fear. Uh, some of the things that we, the reasons why we don't set boundaries. Let's talk a little bit more about that because I know people feel guilt or they're even apprehensive to stand up or set a boundary because of the resistance that they're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, you know, generally speaking, we're talking about managing feelings. Like we would have to learn how to manage fear. Obligation to me is in the family of guilt. Um, but specifically speaking, guilt is one of the biggest barriers to being able to assert boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to share with you my own practice that I use for managing guilt. And the first piece of that is to just define what guilt is communicating. So guilt is communicating. It's just letting you know, are you in your integrity or not, right? So a really easy way to remember that is that guilt means I did something bad. Okay, I don't really like the word bad. So I tend to relanguage that too. I did something bad, uh, or I'm sorry, I did something out of my integrity, not bad, mm -hmm. but that's an easier way to remember it, okay? And so I'll add something. When people feel guilt, I'll have them ask this kind of vetting question. Okay, did I do something bad by my standards? Because we can get really caught up that like, oh, my mom's standards or my brother's standards, but I want you to connect to your standards. So when we're talking about boundary work and you're setting a boundary and someone doesn't like it, because I'll tell you what, if you start setting boundaries in your life, 
you are going to very quickly learn who the boundary pushers are in your life and oh, who is yes. benefiting from you. Oh, not- yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Right? For sure. So if we ask that question, which I've had people, because listen, if you set boundaries and it's uh, smooth sailing, you might not be completely in reality. Like it's not the easiest right. thing to shift into, right? So if you ask yourself like, okay, um, I don't want to go to that party or whatever it is, but I feel so bad. They went to my parties and I could, it wouldn't be the end of the world, right? No, let me check in with this. Is this an authentic yes? Because there's a great quote. And a dishonest yes is a no to self. Mm. Meaning we don't have an authentic yes. We're saying no to us. Yes. And that's I selfish. love that. I love that. I love that. Does it feel authentic is a great question. A great self-check question to ask yourself, right? Absolutely. It, it, it helped me so much. And it's not selfish to focus on yourself. It, it, it's saying I'm staying out of self-neglect and self-abandonment. Because I'll tell mm-hmm. you, I've been doing this for a minute now. There's a cost to that every single time. Right. Okay? Right. So when you go back to that example, like, okay, um, no, it's not an authentic yes. I don't want to spend my Saturday night that way. I want to take care of myself that night. Mm-hmm. Then we go, okay, it's not, is not going to the party bad. It's, is me setting boundaries? Is me taking care of myself? Is me being honest bad by right. myself? Most right. of the time, No, you're going to say, no, I actually, I don't want someone to come to my party out of guilt or, you know, obligation or fear. I would support them. Right. So like, that's where we ask that question. And then we can release the guilt, but I want to tell you releasing guilt, especially if guilt has been a directional force in our relating, it's a practice. It's not going to be a one and done. That guilt might come back and tap you on the shoulder and go, but she came to your 30th, you know, and you just go, (laughs) Am I doing something bad by my standards? No, taking care of myself is not bad. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the practice of guilt, like when we don't have that pause, I always let people know guilt is like someone putting their hand around your neck. It's usually not a place where we're going to go, hmm, I wonder what's going on. We're just going to try to breathe. Right, right. Okay, but if we know like, hey, hold on, this guilt isn't going to eat me alive. I'm Mm -hmm. not doing anything bad then we can learn how to manage it. And over time, that gets a lot, a lot easier. Right. And then if if you go against your authentic self of what you want to do, then you're really upset with yourself. You look back and you go, why did I do that? And then you start beating yourself up and then you go in a downward spiral and that's, uh, you know, it's not productive. So that's why it's so important to listen to ourselves. And on the macro, uh, we just didn't show up for ourselves. And if you think about building trust and it's data over time, we're building trust with ourselves too. That says, Hey, when I really need you, you push me into somebody's party on a Saturday night. So mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, S H I T hits the fan, we're not really going to think we can handle anything. Oh, I don't right. show up for myself. I don't have my own back. So these little micro things, they really end up adding mm-hmm. up in our data for how we show up for ourselves. Right. And I want to segue into self-care and self-love. So, cause boundaries does, you know, have a lot to do with that. Right. And what I mean is that I work with a lot of people. I know you do too, that they have a hard time. They feel guilt from not taking time out for themselves, you know, taking the day off to 
go shopping, go on a nature walk, you know, go to yoga class, whatever it may be, people really still struggle with that. They feel so much guilt that, and they're not taking care of themselves. And then over time, they start to feel resentment. They don't know why, but it's because they're not doing anything for themselves. So what would be your suggestion for people that really have a hard time with taking that time out for themselves? It's a hard one. I think you have to, you know, understand that you matter like on a bigger scale and then on a smaller scale, I think that intention is really helpful. So for self-care, scheduling it in, actually putting it into your calendar. Um, I have a practice with my clients where I just have them set goals in different areas, like set an emotional goal, set an intellectual goal, a spiritual goal, a physical goal. Mm -hmm. So that from a whole perspective, you're showing up and taking care of yourself. I'll tell you, self-care is not my default. Healthy boundaries is not my default. Uh, Self-esteem is not my default. I have to be intentional. So every day I I write those goals out and I have it in my calendar and blocked out of my schedule uh, Mm -hmm. that from, you know, nine to, or actually it's about eight 30 to nine 30. That's my time. I turn that phone off. I connect, I do the things that repair and restore my uh, relationship to me. But I do think that um, boundaries is is pretty much the ultimate form of self-care because if we don't have them, uh, you're not really priority- prioritizing the things that matter to you. Mm-hmm. True. Right. And then, you know, Sana, just on like a way bigger scale, I mean, we all have an inner child. Mm-hmm. All of our inner ch- children have mm-hmm. some something that impacted us because no one can meet all of our needs. And I know that I work a lot and I love what I do, which makes it so much easier to work a lot. And there was a time where I didn't eat. It was 7 p.m. And not because of any eating disorder. It's just because I didn't prioritize myself and I worked and I got off and the call and I went, "Um, gosh, would I do that to my son? Would I not feed him till seven? And I went, oh my gosh, if I did that, they would probably call Child Protective Services on me. And then I went, because that would be neglect. (gasps) And then I thought about my own little inner child and I thought, my gosh, I'm, I'm not taking care of her. I'm not even feeding her until, and then I'm feeding her, you know, something cause I'm starving at 7 PM. So really connecting back to that younger part of you, like even getting a picture of yourself as a child, putting it up somewhere that's high traffic, you know, your bathroom mirror that you see it and just connecting back to like your, everything you're doing, you're doing to that part too. And if you have neglect, as a wound, then that little part of you is constantly in that over and over and over again. And if you think your nervous system will be regulated that way, it won't. Right. And I'm, I am really glad that you brought up the inner child because it's really tough to do a a bypass, like spiritually bypass all of the things that we've gone through, especially in our early life. And you tell me your thoughts. I mean, just kind of throw it out there, but I feel like it's necessary to do the inner child work. Sometimes I feel that it might be overdone too. And again, you know, you tell me your opinion, this is totally fine. I think that it's absolutely necessary for people to do it. And sometimes I think that maybe people catch on or they get it a little bit sooner and they understand and they're able to release it and then move on. So what are your thoughts? Like, with people going through that process, does it need to be, because a lot of people think, oh, if I go to a coach or I go to therapy or whatever, it's going to be forever that I'm talking about my past, but it's really not like that, is it? 
No, and the, I mean, I can speak for the work that I do. I, I, I say we take a brief look in the rear view mirror because we need the context mm-hmm. to know what that part went through so that we can be the attuned parent to show up and take care of that child. Yes, think, yes. Even in my own journey, when I first started therapy a long time ago and that inner child concept came up, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, you know, but in, until it was m- made relevant to me that uh, it, it is boundary work and inner child work is by far, I believe the most impactful work that you can mm-hmm. do um, to change your life in a positive way. So um, I, I'm all for it. I think that um, there's lots of stuff out there and I'm so glad because now in mental health, we're talking about so many different things, but I think, I think more than anything, connecting to the right place of support that feels aligned with what, what you're looking to get is right. I I agree. And I do want to talk about support for a minute. So we, you know, I talked about early how I couldn't have done it without the support, the encouragement, all the, the guidance that I got. And I want people to know that. I mean, that's a lot of the reason why I'm doing this show, because I want people to know that there are support systems out there. There's, you know, there's coaches, there's therapists, there's community, there's church. I mean, whatever works for you, um, you find what works for you. And because it is really hard to do it alone. And, and let's face it, you know, we have a little bit of a loneliness epidemic going on right now in this world since COVID, right? Things have kind of changed. Things are a little different. People get it, are getting a little bit more adapted. A lot of people are going through the spiritual awakening process. That's also very isolating, which is a whole other show. But I think it's important that people have a support system. And I want everybody to know I'm, I am going to be getting my own Voice America uh, email. And so for those of you that want to reach out and you're looking for someone to help you with a specific thing, I want to be a resource channel to be able to offer that information to you. It's really part of what I want to do with this show. So I just want to, I'm glad I got that out there. But I also want Robin to, um, for you to tell me what, how everybody can get a hold of you. I mean, we have a few more minutes, but I want to talk a little bit about some of your workshops that you that you do and some of the initiatives that you might have coming up. What are what's what's your future look like for Robin? So just kind of give us a an overview. Yeah. Um, so easiest way probably to find me is on Instagram. My handle is Coach with Robin. I post something every day, either on my feed or my stories. That's uh, supplemental material to what I teach and just uh, high vibes. So feel free to follow me on that. Um, I do have a workshop coming up uh, at the end of the month. It's a masterclass for boundaries. It's uh, $100. It's probably the best $100 you'll spend. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'd but say. Mm-hmm. I, I like to be effective in what I deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's through uh, the organization that Sana and I are both a part of called the She Hive. So that is limited only to women or people who identify as women. Um, if you are a man and you're listening, I you are welcome to email me or DM me on Instagram. If there's something that I can put together, I'm happy to do that. Um, right now, I do have a wait list to see clients individually, but I still encourage you to reach out. I believe in divine timing and that if we are supposed to work together, the right time will find us. And if you are looking for support right now, I have really great referrals that I can send people to. So do not hesitate to reach out. I do. um, I know you mentioned talking about like a scenario, maybe with a family dynamic. Do you want me to comment? Sure. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. We do have a few more minutes left and I think that's important. People do want to know how to handle a situation like that. I think Ron brought a little um, family dynamic in, but Mm -hmm. 
I think that it is universal. There's a great Ram Das quote that says, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. And I don't think that has, that means that our family are, are bad, but you know, we are all kind of assigned to roles in our family. There tends to be sometimes dysfunction or um, people who are activating in the system. So very quickly, let's just set a rule. This is kind of a principle in boundaries. You either trust somebody or you don't. Okay. So there is no kind of, when I teach categories, sometimes people will say, well, where's the kind of trust category? And I'm like, well, I don't do the kind of trust category because it's blurry and we're looking for clarity in this work. So number one, out identifying, do I trust this person? Are they consistent? Do I feel safe around them? Um, and if it's a no, then, then really where we're at is we have a shared interest with that person. And the shared interest in this particular example is family. We're in the same family. Okay. So what I would suggest is if you're going to a family event or you're just like, wow, this conversation turned on some lights and I want to show up differently to the next family event. Number one, just write out what, what boundaries do you want to have in this, this event that you're going to be intentional. And the way you can really look at it is what do I do? What do I want to stop doing? <laughs> I, what do we not want to do with this person anymore? I don't want to let them give me unsolicited advice, right? So just outline what you want to stop doing. And then you want to think about it. Do I need to communicate this boundary or is it an internal boundary? And if I need to communicate it, there's so many wonderful things on Google. Email me. I'm happy to help out. We can figure out a way for you to communicate it in a healthy way. And then this one is really important. Create a list of safe things that you can talk about when you're there or safe things you can do with these people. Never underestimate a game. Sometimes that's not health, like safe, depending on your family, but um, identify, I can talk to them about sports, TV shows, the weather, maybe not politics. There's some ones that, you know, historically are not the safest topics, but I, I can't stress enough how, like how important it is to be specific and then reference back to those. And when you get off topic or something comes up, that's activating, direct the conversation back and know at any point, change the conversation, leave or end the conversation. Right. Robin, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned throughout your life so far? What can you share quickly before we end the call today? What is the the biggest thing? Biggest lesson that I have ever learned and I continue to learn is that I am enough. Awesome. I love that. I didn't know that before. And I, every day I, I prove that to myself a little bit more and that I matter and that I am worth keeping myself safe. I love that. I am enough, which is a great affirmation, right? So what's the future for you? What are you looking to do? Like what's the next chapter for you with your work? Any aspirations or anything that we need to know? Let's put it out in the universe. Um, I I'm putting together right now a little bit more of a system to take more people through. I'm um, starting to train other coaches so that I can impact more people than the availability of time that I have right now. Uh, I would love to write a book I'd love to be a guest on your show again. Uh, so yes, yes. Amazing. What would you name the book? What would you name it? Oh my goodness. Any ideas? Um, I have an idea of a book, but it, would, it wouldn't be my first book, which would just be the art of keeping it light. Like so many of us don't Ooh, know how to show up in relationships and keep it light and not go deep or need that depth. And, and that's a lot safer. So at some point, I believe yeah. I'll write a book. I don't know if it'll be my first one, but uh, we'll I love see. it. Okay. Robin, thank you so much for being here today. This has been fun. And yes, I'd love to have you back and maybe do a whole Q&A sessions, relationships, all kinds of stuff. So let's think about that. Let's manage 
manifest it, right? And I just want to thank you for being here today. Thank you, all of you, for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed the show. And join me next week on Up Close and Empowered, the same time. And we're going to be talking to a business mindset, energy, and manifestation coach. And she is really good when it comes to life balance. So be sure to join me next week. Thank you again, everybody. And oh, and be sure to set a boundary this week. Pick something that challenge that you can challenge yourself with and set a boundary. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Up Close and Empowered with Sana Johns. We hope that after listening today, it's inspired you to discover and cultivate your true inner power and consciously create your life. Tune in next week for another impactful episode.